This podcast is brought to you by the College of Nursing at Brigham Young University. For more information about its programs, faculty, students, or alumni events, please visit nursing.byu.edu. A lot of people become nurses because they sincerely want to help others. Whether you wish to help the elderly or college students or even children, nursing has a place for you. Today, we're talking to Dr. Elizabeth McCombs, a pediatric nurse practitioner. Let's get into it. Hey guys, I'm Adia Hansen. And I'm Corbin Smith. Together, we are going to explore the nursing profession. With exclusive interviews for nurses working in jobs you want to know about. Transferring info from one nurse to another. This is the College Handoff. Welcome back to the podcast. First, we're going to start by talking to Dr. Elizabeth McCombs, a pediatric nurse practitioner from California. She's going to explain what she does as an NP, why she chose to become one, and a few other fun questions you might have about the field. Second, we'll meet with three students from BYU's College of Nursing, Marissa, Morgan, and Grace. They are research assistants for nursing professor Dr. Brett Lyman and have participated in some rare mentored learning opportunities outside of the classroom. They're going to share with us some experiences, why it's been so helpful to be an RA, and why you should consider working with a professor one-on-one in their research projects. All right, today we're here with Dr. Elizabeth McCombs. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you today. Could you introduce yourself a little for us? Absolutely. I went through Brigham Young University College of Nursing, um, bachelor. BSN SNP program, graduated in 1984, um, have worked at Primary Children's Medical Center in Salt Lake City, as well as the old LDS Hospital in Salt Lake City. Uh, when Primary Children's hired me as a family nurse practitioner, I developed a love for working with pediatric population. And after moving from Utah to California, um, was able to secure employment as a uh, family nurse practitioner um, with specialists in ear, nose, and throat. And then my children's pediatric group actually offered me a job because uh, 85% of pediatrics is ears, nose, and throat. So what I had ended up gaining work experience-wise became very valuable um, for a long-term career in the private pediatric pra- uh, sector. Been in private practice for um, about 30 years, and uh, have worked 27 of those years at the same practice. And recently, have um, been hired by another pediatrician associated with Children's Hospital of Orange County to help her run her office here in Southern California. Let's start by discussing what a family nurse practitioner's day looks like. My work day is um, I go into the office. I have patients who are scheduled to see me specifically uh, when I go into the room and introduce myself as a nurse practitioner. Um, oftentimes, there's a little explaining that needs to happen. As an advanced practice nurse, uh, people often confuse me with being a physician, and I always tell them I'm not a physician, I'm a nurse practitioner, but they don't know the difference because what I do is the same thing that the pediatrician does in my um, assessment skills. Uh, you take a quick history. You take a surgical history, medical history, 
go through a review of systems and then perform a very in-depth physical examination. If children are coming in with sick complaints, you make the diagnosis of what's wrong with them. And then as a nurse practitioner, you are licensed to be able to prescribe and treat that diagnosis um, because I have a DEA number as well as a NPI number, which allows me to prescribe medication for um, the patients that I see. So from start to finish, that patient's visit um, is something that I'm responsible for. And that happens all throughout the day. Practice I'm in now, I average about 20 patients a day. And it's just delightful. It's a lot of fun to be able to use your assessment skills that you gain while you're in school and then to be able to put them to use and to be completely autonomous and um, gain a really close relationship with patients and their families. Okay, so you're an APRN. I'm not really sure what that is. How does that differ from what a regular RN is? Well, I am considered an advanced practice registered nurse because of my education and licensure. Actually, in the state of Utah, that's how they will license a a person is an advanced practice nurse, either with or without prescriptive privileges. In the state of California, um, it's slightly different. I'm licensed as a registered nurse, and then I have a nurse practitioner furnishing number as well as a nurse practitioner license number, and then I also have a DEA number, which is nationally recognized. So it's slightly different, but the um, scope of practice is the same. And there's reciprocity with many states in the United States. If you are licensed in Utah initially, then you move to a different state. Um, Oftentimes, you'll find that there's reciprocity between the two states. And uh, that varies also depending on which state you're living in. So sometimes students tend to think about either going to grad school or just going straight out into the field to get some job experience. But in your opinion, what do you recommend nursing students look into after graduation? I really appreciate you asking that question. I've had several students ask me that in career nights in the past. And I put it, I kind of pose it to them. I think many of them are tired of being in school for four years and would like to gain experience. I know there are many nursing instructors who encourage students to um, go out and gain some experience before going on to obtain their master's or doctorates. Um, When I've spoken to students, I've encouraged them to just go for it, go straight through if they are able to financially and if they're able to uh, life-wise, like for instance, if they're if they have the means and the time to be able to do so, because life gets in the way. And oftentimes you'll leave after, I mean, you'll get a job um, after your bachelor's is completed. And then um, you, for whatever reasons, whether it's marriage or babies or, you know, moving, it's difficult to come back into the educational system the longer you're away. Um, I think if you know that that's what you want to do, you'll find a way to do that. So even if you take a break and get work experience, but I've told almost every student I've talked to to go for a nurse practitioner because it is been it is the funnest job to have, and it allows you so much independence and freedom where you really do get to put your education to work. 
and patients come to really rely on your judgment and expertise. But there's a lot of overlap with what I do and what a physician does. And there's a great camaraderie between the physicians I've worked with and myself. And they've come to rely on my expertise in certain areas where I'm strong and I do the same with them. So it's a completely different type of relationship than in a hospital setting or in a clinic type setting. Um, It's just, I can't express how much I have loved being a nurse practitioner and how beneficial it's been to me over the years. Not to mention the fact that it pays really well. Let's say a student decides to attend grad school. What certifications or other things can help a student stick out when applying for grad school? Um, I think we've had, we, the practice I've been, I worked in for a long period of time. We had, we were a mentor office where we had nurse practitioner students come and work and follow us. And I appreciated the fact that many of them did come from an emergency room background or a neonatal background and they had certificates in advanced life-saving or, you know, different certificates that, um, proved that they had been um, set apart and done the work, but I, which is impressive, but more so than that, it's what is your personality like? How are you at the bedside? How do you communicate with patients and their families? And if you're a person of integrity, honesty, um, if you don't know what you're doing, or if you don't know the diagnosis, that you admit that and, you know, say, let me grab somebody and help you rather than, I've, I've seen nurse practitioner students who are dishonest and lack integrity, and they have a lot of certificates. So there's, there's that to be said for both. And I think um, if there are nurses listening to this who are worried about maybe taking a break and working or going straight through, I would say that you're the whole package. You can gain certificates along the way, but um, you don't need them in order to obtain a job. Well, I guess you do maybe in some places, but um, you can uh, gain those certificates as you work and um, those will set you apart. And finally, last question. If there are students that have more, any more questions, is there a way that they can get in contact with you to ask some questions? I would love I'm perfectly happy to have any student listening that would like more information to chat with me. My email is elizabethmsnp at gmail.com. E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H-M as in Mary, S-N-P, family nurse practitioner at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for taking the time to talk to us. We appreciate um, your insights and everything you've taught us today. Well, thank you for having me. Hey guys, so the Light the World campaign, Giving Tuesday, and year-end gifts all point to different ways on how you can give to the BYU College of Nursing. You can make any size of tax-deductible donations to the College of Nursing at any time during the year by visiting give.byu.edu slash nursing and direct your gift toward mentored learning, scholarships, or global health experiences. We are here today with three current undergraduate students at BYU that are working as research assistants focused on organizational learning. So we have Morgan Horton with us, and she works with Dr. Brett Leibman as a research assistant. Welcome, Morgan. Hi, thank you. What semester are you in? I am in the fifth semester. And where are you from? I'm from Mesa, Arizona. 
Sweet. We also have Marissa Bidoff. Welcome, Marissa. Thank you. And what semester are you in and where are you from? I'm also in fifth semester and I'm from Gilbert, Arizona. And finally, we have Grace Hopper here. You're also in fifth semester. Where are you from, Grace? Yeah, so I'm from Charlottesville, Virginia, so kind of a ways away, but... That's so cool. And because you all work as research assistants with Dr. Lyman, tell us a little bit about what projects you've worked on. Morgan, let's start with you. Yeah, of course. So I've done um, several studies with Dr. Lyman. Um, I've been working on a transitions of care one with him. So basically, we're trying to look at how does organizational learning in the context of transitions of care within hospitals and long-term care facilities Um, I've also been working on a COVID-19 study where we're seeing how organizational learning occurred during the pandemic, see how hospitals reacted and staff members in hospitals and how they were able to work as a team and how administration helped them prepare and um, care for COVID-19 patients. That's amazing. And Grace, what projects have you worked on? Uh, That's one thing that's really great about Brett is he loves to let you create your own ideas and run with it. And he supports you every step of the way. But you kind of get to use your creativity and what you're really interested in. So when I first joined, he had just finished his um, extensive realist review on organizational learning in the healthcare setting. But they hadn't actually done any sort of study to see how it applies in a real life situation. So the study we came up with was um, studying the actual, like a qualitative study, doing interviews, studying the experiences that nurses have had in the healthcare setting, studying organizational or experiencing organizational learning. So that was kind of my first study that's since been published. Um, And something that kind of popped out on that study was that leadership might be a more important mechanism than we previously gave credit for. So our more recent study that we've been working on currently is how leadership um, applies to the entire setting of organizational learning and how um, a good or a bad, to say, um, nurse leader, how it affects how the unit can learn and improve together. Uh, So those have been the main studies I've been a big part of. That's so cool. And Marissa, tell us what experiences you have had with Dr. Lyman. Yeah, so I've been working with him since the beginning of 2019, so it's been a while. And throughout all of that, he's taught us a lot about how to interview um, and a lot about organizational learning, which is what he studies. And we've been able to learn more about how organizational learning occurs in actual healthcare settings in real life. So how his proposed factors and mechanisms like actually occur in the healthcare setting and if those really do create positive change within within organizations. And we found that um, when more contextual factors and mechanisms are present, um, the changes occur more smoothly and they're able to create a lot more positive change within their organization. So then that's been a big finding that we found recently. And then we've also learned recently about how important leadership is to organizational learning and how they're the ones, the Um, unit director of nursing and the charge nurses, they're the ones that um, kind of create an environment that's ready for organizational learning and they facilitate the mechanisms. And so that's kind of directed a lot of our future studies now. Sometimes students and other people may think that being an RA means making photocopies or running errands. Morgan, how does that compare at BYU? It's actually like the opposite. 
Um, Dr. Lyman is really good at like helping you come up with the research idea. So I'm actually the one that came up with the COVID-19 study. I asked him about it and he was like, yeah, let's do it. And so he really gave me the opportunity to kind of take control of the study. So like he was obviously there to help me the entire way, guide me through the questions I had, but I was really the one designing the study. And then I was the one that did all the interviews and now I'm going through all of the interviews and I'm coding. So like I get to do a lot of the work and he's there to just help me and make sure I know what I'm doing, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So Dr. Lyman actually lists you as co-authors on his papers. Marissa, what kind of experience does that give you for your resume? And how does Dr. Lyman help you develop your writing for these papers? It's a great opportunity for us to learn more and to be able to develop our skills as writers and as nurses. Um, but it makes me sound like I'm this amazing writer who can lead these projects all on my own, but that's not true because Brett's such a great mentor that he helps us develop our ideas. They might start out as just an idea, and then he actually creates structure to the projects, and he helps us develop them into an actual um, research study and then he'll help us create an outline for the manuscript and then we'll write the best we can and we'll fill in our ideas and he is so good at helping us develop our ideas and editing our our writing so that way it does turn into this great cohesive manuscript that gets published and is read by all these people but it's there's so much teamwork that goes into it where you're not on your own. Grace, Dr. Lyman actually took you to a conference, right? Tell me a little bit more about that experience. Yes, that's true. I went to the um, ALSN conference in Los Angeles last November. Um, and so that conference is about leadership science in nursing. And so we were honestly, I walked in feeling kind of like an underdog in that everybody there were these incredible leaders in nursing, COO or CNOs and um, really influential people. But that's one thing that Brett also has helped us with is understanding that we do really important research. And even if we're only in an undergrad level and other people around us are at higher levels, like we still have important things to say. Um, and so that was really cool being able to, we just, we did a poster presentation, but being able to talk to these nurse leaders about what we've learned and what it might mean for them and how they can apply it in the healthcare setting was really, really cool. Grace, what else do you want to say to students wondering about getting involved with research outside of class? I would highly recommend it to anybody, especially working with Dr. Lyman. He helps you learn and understand every step of the way. And he does give you a lot of autonomy and um, creativity, but also he helps you every step of the way. And there's a lot of times where I don't really feel like I know what I'm doing, even after a few years. Um, but that's what's so great about the faculty at BYU is they are here to help us learn. And even in an employee situation or an out-of-class situation, they still want to help us learn to the best of our ability. Marissa, what have you loved about the mentored learning program and why should other students get involved? It's such a great opportunity for you to work one-on-one -on -one with the professor and understand um, what they study. And it kind of inspires you in the future that you can study different things like they do. Um, and you kind of get your foot in the door with research and that there's so much innovation that occurs in healthcare. And even little projects that we're doing when we interview nurses, we can make a difference in healthcare by finding out all this research and by writing articles, we also can create change within healthcare. Thank you guys so much for being here today. We really enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here.
You know, Adia, it is so great to hear about the successes of our alumni. I love seeing how impactful this nursing program is and how it can really set people on a path to success in their life. And frankly, I, I can see why Dr. McCombs is a pediatric nurse practitioner. She reminds me a lot of my practitioner when I was a child. She's so full of love and compassion. She just makes me want to be a better person. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm actually going into my ped semester, so I'm so excited to take what I've learned from her into this next semester. Ooh, good luck. Thank you. <laughs> we talked a little bit about experiential learning as well. What do you feel like you learned there? So much. I loved hearing the experience of all three of these girls. It really reminded me of my own experience working with Leslie Miles, my favorite, which you can hear about more in episode two of the podcast. Um, but it's just so fun to hear about all these cool experiences that you can gain as an RA and that BRU offers to students. I agree. I'm no nursing student, far from it, but <laughs> I have been so blessed and I've learned so much being able to do this weekly podcast for my major in the School of Communications. I'm so grateful for the opportunity and I can't wait to do tons and tons of more shows. Same. I totally agree. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you all for listening and tune in next week for another episode. See ya. See ya.